Hey, Joel. I really appreciated your letter as it anticipates an episode that's upcoming where we both combine and share our thoughts in one larger conversation instead of sending these letters back and forth to each other. And so on that note, <laughs> I've been thinking about writing. And as soon as you posed me that question, is there anything that I have to say about writing the way you said something about music? I wasn't quite sure what to say. Part of me, I'm going to be totally honest here, was jealous about how aptly you put exactly what I had been trying to say. And I found your letter more poetic than I'd been able to express. And then I thought, why is that? What does it mean to, for something to be poetic? What is poetry? And that's how all good research begins. What is something? According to Wikipedia, Poetry is a form of literature that uses aesthetic and often rhythmic qualities of language to evoke meanings in addition to, or in place of, the prosaic ostensible meaning. So what does that mean? The prosaic ostensible meaning. That just means what it means. So words that mean more than words? That doesn't make any sense. So what is poetry? Is it just the same as normal prose writing? If someone were to come into the writing center with a paper, would you be able to distinguish it from a poem? Or is a poem just normal writing with the fancy setting dialed all the way up to 11? Well, that's what I tried to find out. My research was a lot less fruitful than I thought it would be. Out of nearly 300 article abstracts over a 20-year time period in the Journal of Poetry Therapy, now let's, let's take a pause here, the Journal of Poetry Therapy, you would think that people who are advocating for using poetry as therapy would have even better evidence and even tighter arguments and understanding of poetry than most other people. You'd be wrong about that. Only one out of nearly 300 mentioned whether the study's findings were significant. And the article on poetry in the Encyclopedia Britannica, written by Howard Nemirov, who's a former poetry consultant to the Library of Congress, reads, If people are shown poems printed as prose, it most often turns out that they will read their result as prose, simply because it looks that way. So there isn't anything special. If I read a recipe book, or if I read Shakespeare, I should get the same effect. Well, that clearly can't be what it is. There has to be something different going on in the brain. Howard Nemirov mentioned in that same Encyclopedia Britannica article, Doubtless, a poem is a much simplified model for the mind, but it might still be one of the best models available. And that got me thinking. What research is there about what our brain does when poetry is read and analyzed? What effect does it have? And again, those 300 articles in the Journal of Poetry Therapy? Completely unhelpful. Not a single one of them was what I was looking for. But I did find one. It's called The Emotional Power of Poetry, Neural Circuitry, Psychophysiology, and Compositional Principles by four researchers in the Social, Cognitive, and Effective Neuroscience Journal. And this, I think, is really crucial because it gets at what does it mean for poetry to be special on a mental, neurological level? And they said this, Poetry evoked chills, recruited areas of the brain not reported for the musical domain. Namely, the precuneus, 
and supramarginal gyrus. Well, that's exciting. What does that mean? The precuneus has to do with, among other things, our having episodic memory, remembering things in our past. And we think having a sense of self is very acutely tied to the precuneus. And the supramarginal gyrus, that plays a central role in regulating empathy and language processing. Those are parts of the brain that are stimulated by poetry and not by music. So there is something that distinguishes poetry from a dictionary. But what is that something? Well, <laughs> part of what makes poetry so difficult to find research on is because no one really agrees on what it is. Samuel Taylor Coleridge wrote that prose is words in the best order. Poetry is the best words in the best order. Robert Frost said that poetry is what gets lost in translation. So that gives us a test. If you're not sure if something is poetry, translate it. Whatever's left isn't poetry. Well, that does make a whole lot of sense because there are poems from other languages. Take, for instance, this poem written in Arabic in the 6th century AD, one of the earliest poems of its kind that we have. If war thou hast wrought and brought on me, no laggard I with arms outworn. Whate'er betide, I make to flow the baneful cups of death at morn. That wasn't written in English. Neither were the Psalms, neither was Homer's The Odyssey neither was Dante's Divine Comedy, and yet they're all, in some more profound sense, speaking our language. Leo Stein, an art critic in the late 1800s, wrote this about Shakespeare. Shakespeare has certainly the largest family of anyone since Homer. Though words may be obsolete and meanings sometimes obscure, yet in a more essential sense, we talk the language of Shakespeare, and he talks ours. Poetry, connection from human soul to another human soul. Alexander Pope described it as, What oft was thought, but ne'er so well expressed. And so in that sense, I can understand why there isn't more research on it. Everyone knows that poetry is effective in a unique way that music isn't quite able to pull off. All cultures have been doing it since the dawn of time. Sincerely, Ben. <laughs> <laughs>